Well, it is about that time again, and we are actually concluding our part three series, Taxes for the Real Estate Industry as a whole. We did investors, the real estate professional, and today, part three of three, we are with guest Marriott Martinez, EA. She is an IRS enrolled agent, certified QuickBooks Pro Advisor and Small Business Strategist, and really, she is an amazing individual. Uh, shout out to mompreneurs. Yeah. I'm going to just introduce you, reintroduce you to those who were following along with our series. We have had just great fun, tons of information, really removing the scariness out of accounting. And I couldn't imagine anyone else more fitting to do that. She has a BS in accounting in accountancy from the California State University Northridge. She's an intimate accountant council member, board member of the National Latina Business Women Association of the Inland Empire, intuit trainer, writer, network member. She's a co-admin of Latino Small Business Owners Facebook group with, get this, over 4,000 members, and that's amazing. She's a public speaker and educator at various industry conferences and also including NAR, which is the National Association of Realtors, which is really awesome to have her on Ready, Set, Real Estate. Thank you. She's also a blog contributor for Intuit Pro Connect, and she's like amazing Marianne welcome to the show wow, thank you thank you for inviting me for a third time honestly I'm humbled I'm incredibly humbled and honored to have done a three-part series with you so we didn't want to do one star that's yeah. done that we were it, it just made sense because you know as industry professionals albeit like we talked about the real estate agent and investors and flippers, it's just not knowing, right? And we really, I loved how we evolved in this because we can start out as a professional and then grow and then still are operating with the same mindset. So I just love what we have done and really happy about the amount of engagement that we've had on the last show. I mean, wow. I mean, people were really in here talking about their multifamily properties and their portfolios and just really having a tax strategy with yes. that. So you can't do real estate and not have a strategy 
with taxation involved. So, woohoo! Absolutely, <laughs> I, I agree. I think that this evolution, I think the perfect explanation uh, is that it is an evolution. Um, we've done a really good job of first starting with taking the scariness out, which is you need to be aware of what we're talking about. You need to take ownership of it if this is something that relates to you. And so, you know, getting more clarity, feeling more confident around the topics is really important. Not necessarily meaning you have to be an expert in them, but you have to know enough to have a conversation about it, right? And yeah. that's really what this three-part series was about. You know, we right. try to we try to deep dive on a couple of topics, but we kept it really high level. But even at the high level perspective, we gave tons of content, which I really appreciate. You know, Lisa and I did a really good back and forth on that. So I loved it. Um, and we took you through the evolution of what people may have thought real estate accounting is to what it really is. And, you know, essentially real estate accounting, when people talk about it, they think of it as one type of accounting. And it actually it's not. That's why we did it in three parts. You've got the, the simpler real estate accounting. And I only say simpler because there's less moving parts. And that's from the real estate professional, real estate agent, realtor perspective. And then you have the real estate accounting from the investor perspective. So someone that intentionally purchased a property to hold it long term. And so now they're actually holding property to invest in it long term. And when they sell it, they may have to recognize long term gain um, or even a long term loss, depending on what happened. Right. Um, and of course, then you have the situation where you may have had a completely different intent. And we know this happened in the 2000s when you actually purchased it to basically fix it up and fix it, fix it and flip it. Right. That was the big fix and flip, which is still happening now. But in the early 2000s is when that became crazy. Right. right. And what happened was because it was new, this idea of purchasing and fixing and flipping was new. Many people in the industry of doing that for a living, they didn't realize it was a completely separate accounting and tax reporting than it would have been if you were an investor, because many times the investors went into the fix and flip. And so their mindset was still thinking that they were fixing and flipping using the same accounting as an investor. And that's completely incorrect. And that's what today's about, right? Lisa, to make sure you're aware that completely different animal we're talking about today. Right. Different mindsets. Oh my goodness. I'm really excited about just overall delving into this direction for a couple reasons. You touched on it just now, but it's going to be very interesting as overall those in the industry and those who are, are watching uh, global uh, ec economics and watching the performance of the economy as a whole know that we are in a shifting market. Mm -hmm. And so what has been interesting in the those who have been flipping, I'm noticing there are some valid concerns and some anxiety setting on because they may have over leveraged, bought too many properties, and now things are sitting on the market longer. So now, hey, we're coming into the two, the year end or fiscal year end of 2018, and you haven't moved those properties. Right. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, things to be mindful of, but again, it's always about tax strategy, right? And maybe potentially, because um, even when you're doing the long-term, it's also knowing how to, and this again, 
full disclaimer, right? <laughs> Seek, yeah. Make sure you're you're reaching out to an accountant to 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 examine and evaluate your portfolio case by case. Uh, Mariette, right? We talked about full disclaimer, not giving tax tax advice here. Right. Um, uh, just nice, good tips and things for you to be mindful of. But definitely, yeah. like I say on my show, full disclaimer. Please speak with a consultant directly about your case, your situation, so that you are properly being advised and guided on um, what you need, on your specific needs. So that was my uh, DRE 0173. Yeah, and I have it too. Absolutely. We're going to cover some accounting and tax, even though they're high level topics. Uh, absolutely. As Lisa said, you know, you need to connect with your tax professional and accountant and with that being said if you are in the flipping fixing and flipping business please have a qualified accountant and tax professional because of the reporting issues and reporting requirements around this particular type of business um so it's incredibly important so we're going to cover some topics but none of this is advice and please you cannot take this as advice for your own unique situation you need to connect with your own professional for that so let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about, let's say, for instance, what that experience would feel like if you went to, to a professional and said, hey, I'm in the business of fixing and flipping, or also known as a dealer, a real estate dealer, right? And so the first thing that the where the conversation goes, and the reason why I'm taking this from the perspective of you sitting down with your accounting and tax professional is because this is actually where I've had the biggest issues with new clients is they've never had these conversations with their accounting and tax professional. And when they eventually do, they actually realize that their professional is a qualified, possibly accountant or tax preparer, but they don't know real estate accounting. And you need to know real estate accounting specifically because the accounting and tax ramifications of reporting this incorrectly could be detrimental for you. And so you need to find a qualified real estate accountant and real estate tax professional that's number one tip number one um yeah very very important now the, when i have a conversation with someone someone says well how do i do that and i said well let's just do it like little ad hoc conversation right now pretend like lisa's my qualified professional i'm the real estate flipper and i'm gonna say so lisa um i'm going into this business of, of purchasing property for the intent to purchase it Fix it, rehabilitate it. That's another one. Rehab, rehabilitate it, right? Um, right? And then flip it and sell it in short term. And so the way that conversation should go really quickly is, well, if your intent is to purchase it, fix it up and flip it, did you know that is a short term ordinary transaction, meaning that's an ordinary income transaction, and you would have to report that, for instance, if you're a sole proprietor on a Schedule C or if you're a partnership that's considered ordinary income and ordinary expenses related to your business. And you're like, wait, what do you mean? Like people have talked about investing for a long time and that's long-term and that's on a schedule E and that's my rental property. And the conversation stops right there because the qualified professionals say, no, you didn't say it was long-term. You didn't say you were gonna rent it. You said you were purchasing a property to fix it and flip it, that automatically went from a long-term investment to an ordinary inventory asset. You're holding it as inventory to basically resell it, hopefully within that same year or within a certain short period. As you said, Lisa, 
towards the end of the year, people start getting nervous because they're holding inventory. Mm. They're holding properties. They thought they were going to be able to flip quickly. They're not holding long-term investments, mm. right? They're holding short-term inventory properties. You see how those are two different animals, long-term, short-term. They're not the same thing. And so that's tip number two. What is your intent and what did you purchase and why did you purchase it? Um, the reason why that's tip number two, and that's going to be the most important tip we give you all day, is because this particular topic is still very gray in the actual tax code. It's very non-black and white because intent is still on the actual taxpayer on the purchaser of the property. So I can still tell the IRS, this was my intent and prove my position, of course, right? right, right but that's right. still on me. I can still choose my intent. That's a really big deal that I can do that because at this point now, the IRS can't tell me what my intent was. I can take my position and I can prove my position. That's a really strong place to be if you are really strong on your position, <laughs> right? right? So you need to understand this. Does that does that make sense? It does. It res it's resonating, resonating especially when we're talking about. I'm thinking long term planning of audit. Talking about and I'm also that the language which loan loan application by the way, there is an application that even on the purchase contract. There's a line item and a section on page two of the real estate purchase contract that says, what is your intent? Owner-occupied yes. or non-owner-occupant? Mm -hmm. I'm there with you, Mariette. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I love that you just brought that up because, you know, I'm bringing more of the accounting and tax side of it. You're bringing the actual transactional side. And so what you just proved to me right there is that there's already some hints of what you're doing. And number two, there's already some ways for you to not be able to argue your position if you did not complete that correctly. So if you weren't sure what the reason is or the importance of that line is, you could have skipped it over or you could have answered it incorrectly. Now the government come back and say, well, look at you just, you just, you told me your intent already. And so right. why are you saying it was something else? And so be very mindful of those opportunities where you can already be documenting your intent in different places. So I appreciate you bringing that up because that's really, really important. So, oh, yeah. oh that's, that's critical. So um, some other things, as you mentioned before, you know, is again, how did you purchase it? So usually people, I mean, and I'm saying from the perspective of my clients that have worked in this industry, they usually buy them at auctions or they buy them on short sales or they buy them with cash. Right? They literally don't get a loan on it. They literally buy it right off. Right? right. And so that, again, would explain that they're not thinking of holding this long term because they're literally buying it. They're fixing it um, and they're fixing it really quickly. In other words, as soon as they bought that home, they already have contractors working on it like next day or the next few weeks. So all of that explains the process or proves. The fact that this is an ordinary transaction and not something that you're slowly getting into and slowly improving. And so that is I'd also, like, yeah, go ahead. Mary, yeah. I wanted to revisit that just so that I can have it on the screen. It was called short-term inventory as an ordinary transaction. 
Am I yes. using that term correctly? Yes. So, yes. so there's two things there. So the first thing is when you purchase that property, okay? When you purchase the property from the very beginning, when you purchased it, was your intent for it to be an investment, then it would be under your long-term investments, under your assets in your balance sheet. But if you purchased it to short to do a, a flip, fix and flip, so as a dealer for short term, it would actually still be on your balance sheet, but it would actually be under inventory. That's where it's huge. Okay. Now on the income statement, also known as the profit and loss statement, instead of it being considered long-term transaction, being long-term income, rental property, passive income, and long-term expenses, you actually are, are you're, uh, you're in the ordinary income part of your profit and loss statement. So in other words, you purchase the property, you fix it up, and you flip it, and let's hopefully say you actually have profit on that property. Right? right? That would be considered ordinary income and you'd have to pay ordinary income taxes on that profit. Ordinary income taxes are much higher than long-term. Okay. That's why it's so critical because if you are doing ordinary income transactions, your tax bracket is at the ordinary income level. If you're doing long-term transactions and you sell this at a long-term gain, let's say, years later, you're at a much lower long-term gain tax rate. So that's why this is critical. I mean, I'm talking from 30% to maybe 10%. Like we're talking about a huge tax difference based on your intent of that property. Make sense? It makes it, it makes, makes sense. It makes dollars. That alone is worth its weight in gold. We haven't <laughs> jumped into full twenty minutes already, and I just know so many people that are flipping, and so many people who are jumping in. And you're paying the gurus, and you're paying for the systems. And my whole stance on this—that's wonderful. Whatever floats your boat. But when you jump into this, no, this is not one for the faint of heart, and two. In order to actually profit, create wealth, we've got to look at the your taxation because taxes yes. just eat up all everything that you thought you were doing and making a profit on. Mariette already like just totally killed it right now for y'all. <laughs> I love what you just said. I love what you said, and for two reasons. The first one is I also, you know, I I you know, hands up to everyone that wants to take it to the next level and read all the awesome books and follow all the awesome leaders. But this can be very simple. You literally can just, we're gonna go to step, we're literally day one. You can create an Excel spreadsheet, which I would prefer you do it in QuickBooks, but let's go way back. You can yeah. create an Excel spreadsheet and say, these homes I purchased with an intent for long-term, I'm gonna buy them, I'm gonna rent these out, and these are my long-term investments. These homes, I intend to go ahead and fix and flip them. Completely different section in my Excel spreadsheet. I'm keeping track of the transactions completely separate. Why? Because they're gonna be reported in two different places on my financial statements and on my tax return. Now you may not know where they're gonna be reported differently on the tax return. And I actually don't even expect you to, but what I would love for you to get awareness just today is to know the importance of having them in two separate places. Because when you go ahead and get that qualified accountant and tax professional, they're gonna have you do that 
And so if you're already doing it, you're already a step way ahead because they're going to say, I need your long-term investments and your short-term fix and flips completely separate because I need right. to report them separate. And you're going to say, uh, uh-oh, I haven't been doing that. Well, hopefully right. after this moment, you now know that you have to have them separate. Now, just to make everyone's life easier, if you're using QuickBooks, okay, and I'm going to keep this real simple, you actually can do something called classification, where every time you buy a property and every time you do a transaction in QuickBooks, you can say, this is for my long-term investments and this is for my fix and flip. And so you're essentially already separating them electronically in an electronic software and the magic is happening for you already. Excel won't do that for you. You're literally doing that manually. If you're using an electronic accounting solution like QuickBooks, you can already separate them into different classifications and your accountant and tax pro is going to adore you because now you essentially did probably 80% of their work. You did all most of their work for you. So that's huge. That is huge. And that was one of the things. And let's just revisit this as a reminder. I mean, I, I kind of shared my own qualms about, you mean I have to do it on my own? Yes, you've got to do some work or like she said, hire someone to do it for you. Mm -hmm. I, I But somehow Oprah's quote came in my mind. It says, sign your own checks. I For some reason, I feel like you should know what money, where the money's going because then I think you'll you'll be more mindful of your expenses. You'll be more mindful of where things are being allocated. And this is your financial plan. This is you, yes. your business. So um, I'm speaking to myself too while I'm saying that. <laughs> I love the sign your own checks. And let me tell you something I love about the sign your own checks from a perspective of growth and of scaling. So we all signed our own checks in the beginning. So when we started whatever entrepreneurship journey we chose to do, whether it was to you know buy real estate and hold it, buy real estate and flip it, be an accountant like myself, I did everything on my own in the beginning. It was my very overwhelming years, right? But yes. then eventually when I started to grow and want to grow and scale, of course I need to bring in help, but now I know exactly what they're doing. Now I know at a high level I can go in and see what my helper is doing or my right-hand person is doing and saying, hey, you need to separate that. Um, I see you creating folders, and this is something else I've done with my clients, is they create folders for their properties, and I'll literally have them put San Andres-I, because that's an investment property. San Juan-S, because that's a flipper property. So even from the paper, from literally when they're compiling their papers before we're going to scan everything and put in the electronic storage, which we do, I'm already having them think from the mindset of dealer versus investment, dealer versus investment. So actually that, forgive me, I don't actually have them put F, I actually have them put D. So any property that's a flipper dealer is a D and any property is long-term investor is an I. And so they're already, even from the way I label everything, it says I, 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 D, 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 D. And so when the professional comes in, the accountant, I can say anything that has dash I is investor. Anything that's dash D is a flipper transaction or, or, or a dealer transaction. And so again, you need those identifiers to go ahead and prove your case. It's really, really important. I love it. Um, it's, 
I, you know, my, my viewers know when I say yummy, like I'm feeling all good, warm, fuzzy, good, like real estate gems are being dropped. And I mean, it may go over somebody's head. Please make sure you listen to the replay and already your 2019 is just going to be on a whole different level just by reviewing now this third part as it relates from an agent perspective, as it relates from an investor perspective. And now she's giving us the vocabulary from a dealer perspective as, as a, a flip um, investor or running a flip business. Know these terms. This is what this show is about. The terms and concepts to empower you so that you know what you're doing and you feel confident in doing it. So woohoo, winning. Yeah. And that's what it's about. We, we, when we first talked about this, I can't believe two months ago, we right. said our entire goal was to create clarity and confidence. That was it. That's why we choose scary accounting. And that's why we started on Halloween because that's right. all, you know, clarity accelerates your growth. Clarity right. accelerates your success and clarity truly builds wealth because as you create clarity, you're able to now have a much more clear journey to whatever that wealth building journey is going to look like. And so that was my entire goal for this series. And I'm, I'm hoping that that's what we're accomplishing. And I love that you mentioned, you know, th this possibly is over your head. Remember, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I'm talking like as if I'm talking to any other person in my circle. But what I want you guys to do, and that's why I appreciate Lisa so much, is now you have the full story. Go back and listen to step one, step two, and step three, because we really made an effort to build on each other. And so I, I, I love that you have so many opportunities to learn. I mean, she has it on like a thousand different platforms. <laughs> And we're going, we're going to be on a major one come 2019, like, yo, yo, this next level. But I want to share, shout out to Landscape Larry, Antoine Larry from uh, South Carolina. He says, thank you. I'm in the dentist chair taking notes, he says. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, he, he's a true, he's truly committed because I know he sets his reminders for when my show comes on. Really appreciate you for this. And um, I, I made a point that I was gifting you a Ready Set Real Estate shirt. So that'll oh, be in the mail. Yes, yes. And, and Larry also adds clarity and confidence. Love it. Yes. And he knows we, you know, that whole keep it simple. We do that. This is what this show is. It's like basics. But as long as you're hearing this, the words, you're planting the seeds because as people are spending, like I said, I my my qualm about people investing largely in systems and guru and all that level, it comes down to basics. Like I always ask people, do you know where your local county recorder's office is? Yes. Yeah. Something yes. basic. Before yeah, yeah. you go into full throttle systems, like do you know where the assessor's office is? Do you know where recorder's office is? Do you know, do you have a local title rep company? Do you you know what I mean? Mary, I don't, don't let me don't let me start. Oh no, I would even keep it simpler than that. So when I have that first meeting with my with my real estate clients, I start with the what I, okay, and you can correct me. I know it was a HUD one forever, now it's just a settlement statement, right? Is that what they call it now? Okay, or yeah. the closing statement. Yeah, the closing so, statement. You know, I would go ahead and say, have you ever actually posted a closing statement into your into your accounting program? What? I'm like, yeah, literally, like 
have the debits and the credits and you have the money going in and you know maybe some some uh some uh, expenses or costs that you got reimbursed like have you ever gone through the uh, the process of putting that into any kind of program to see the ins and outs literally see how it all balances out and how you'll see some stuff on your balance sheet and you'll see some stuff on your income statement have you ever done that and and i'm not kidding probably eight out of ten and i'm being conservative probably nine out of ten have said they've never done that before right and like that is literally the basics of all real estate accounting is how to post a settlement statement because you need to know that you everyone deals with it everybody gets them everybody needs to report them somehow yes and so start there just start with there i mean and Mariette, the fantastic, that's a great example. The fantastic thing is that statement, that legal size statement actually says, keep for your tax records. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, and it says that on purpose because it's usually me that has to input it, that's why. But I don't want to input it. I want my clients to input it because again, that creates clarity absolutely they see so many pieces of the pie and that also creates confidence because they're like okay i can do this like i can do this i thought i could never do this now i can and you should just see their faces light up like they feel like like an awakening like someone took the blinders off finally someone took the blinders off and so it's a really cool experience having, it sounds funny that it's a cool experience having someone learn how to enter in a closing statement, but it actually really is. It, it really is. And you actually, you, and you clued us in great segue, actually, uh, in the interim, I have been doing real estate bite shows. So I'm just basically taking snippets of words. Like we covered a uh, wire fraud on the last, uh, my last episode, I just came in and talked about how to do a wire because most people who've never transacted that way um, and opened an escrow don't know how to do a wire. So we talked about wire and wire fraud. And as you're talking about that, I will get to the point in the real estate bites um, sesh, uh, shows where I will actually be going over the closing statement because people get sticker shock with those line items and like, yes. whoa, where's what? Where's this money coming from? Where's this money going through? Yes. How is it? And then we will talk about it. And I think when people are, are more, when they see it and then you are aware, you're more at ease and say, well, this is the norm rather yes. than feeling like someone is gouging you for every penny. Like, no, this is the transactional cost. Yes, exactly. And this is where it is. Like, not only this is the cost, but this is where it all, like, you, you can see it laid out. So when you do that entry, it's a journal entry, basically, in accounting, you can see the numbers go into different lines on your financials. And again, like talk about clarity not only did you learn about how to create the, the journal entry you now learned about what goes on the income statement what goes on the balance sheet you learn all that just by entering in one closing statement so it's a very it's a very cool experience and very, when you get to that point before you get to that point let me know and i will promise you now i will create you a video and you could even share that video after the fact if people want to learn how to do it in quickbooks I'll do it absolutely, for you. absolutely. See you guys. Tons of content, resource information. This is why it's ready, set real estate. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's why. Ready. 
This is why. So we were, just to recap, um, you had, number one, find a qualified real estate accounting tax professional because yes. we, Marietta said, whole nother beast. Mm -hmm. um, she provided tip two, what is your intent of that purchase? Yes. Um, and what did you purchase and the goal of the purchase? So she, we talked, she talked about intent, intention, and basically how you have the upper hand when it comes to taxation in terms of being clear on what your intent for that uh, property or that investment is. So short-term inventory or long-term investment. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. And the third one was once you know what the, the each property is, you can do something as simple as just identifying them, um, you know, separating them. I gave you the example of kind of the more manual way is creating an Excel spreadsheet and having all your investors on the I sheet and all your dealer transactions on the D sheet, or I gave you a much more easier and efficient process, which is if you use something like QuickBooks, you can use classes, they're called classes, where you can identify all my investor transactions are in the investor class, and all my dealer transactions are in the dealer class. So you can do something like that, but ultimately you need to keep these two types or categories of transactions separate because they will be reported separately. Very, very, very important. And yes. that alone, you guys, is enough for you to start processing different mindsets, especially yeah. when people say, I wanna come in this business as an agent to stack my money so I can flip and so I can invest. That's a whole, th that was three mindsets you just said yeah. in 30 seconds. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes, I, I'm glad you said it in less than probably 10 seconds because that is that is the reality. That's how people think, but right. they don't know what they don't know, right? right? But watching these three series, which I, I'm so grateful you, you let me to do this with you, yeah. I honestly believe that watching these three sessions as a series will create the clarity and the confidence they need to make those more educated decisions. Absolutely. Mariette, thank you so much for providing the world of knowledge and experience. And she just said it over two decades, you guys, and she's doing amazing things in the community for small businesses, for the up and coming entrepreneur um, and those who just really want to take over their financial life. And yeah. she's a true advocate like myself, which is why I love the synergy we have is because she's a true advocate of financial freedom. And that yes. is so beautiful for me because I got to jump in her world and to commit <laughs> three parts. And I said, you know, now on season two, no one's done that. We actually committed to the three part series. So woo -hoo! Yes. And that's we, what it's it about. we committed, we did it. That's what it's about. That's the goal setting. I mean, and I know a lot of us kind of, I'll just kind of close with that is I know this is 2019 very soon in two weeks or a little bit over two weeks. We're all thinking about our goals. We're all, you know, maybe worried that maybe we didn't meet our goals for 2018. Lisa gave the good example. Oh my God, I'm holding all these inventory, you know, properties. What do I do now? So, you know, you just need to commit to learn what you're doing by watching these, you know, making more stronger, educated decisions, and then just move from there. Like, don't worry about what you did with the information you didn't know yesterday. Just really work with what you know now and create that clarity and confidence for 2019. 
I love it. Yay. Please do remember you guys connect with Mary Martinez. She's got um, you master uh, share with your events. please. Yeah. So just a few events. Um, well, the best way to, to learn about all my events, if you subscribe to my newsletter at marriottmartinez.com, I send two emails a month. Um, I try to do two max, if not maybe three. The first one is always all of the events. So I speak at a lot of events. If not, I promote events, of course, like my friends' events, Lisa's events. Um, they're on a big list in that email. So it's really just to let you know what's going on in the small business world, in the accounting and financial world. And then I have my own events. Um, and the one that I am sharing a lot about is Master Your Books which is a financial clarity uh, bootcamp. It's a two day bootcamp for small business owners um, and accountants and bookkeepers. And then tustresmaestras.com is a bilingual online platform where we're also teaching about accounting and financial topics. That's very powerful in a whole nother language. And that's <laughs> a, whole whole nother, language. a whole nother language, a whole nother market. That's awesome. Be sure to connect with Mariette. She's on social media, Mariette Martinez, E-A, and uh, she's so awesome, by the way, on social media. I just like you're just you rock. It's so funny because you were ahead of me with the promo. And I was like, yo, Marriott is dope. <laughs> hey, I was really excited about it. That's what you can. You know, that's what I always tell everybody when they're like, you share so much. And I go, to be honest with you, I probably share 20 to 30 percent of the stuff that I know. But right. when I share it, it's because I'm really excited about it. So right. that's intentional because if I shared everything, I would probably overwhelm everybody. <laughs> and I I agree to that, which is why I figured out this is how I get to meet best of both worlds, that I can serve and share in this format and not overwhelm my clients. Because when I first started in this industry, I used to sit people and consult with them for over two hours. And I remember my broker said, you cannot do that to every client. Stop over. And you're overwhelming yeah. them. Stop. So yeah. now, and now I have this platform. I love your platform. I'm so grateful for it. Thank you for it because it's thank so you, thank you're welcome. You're welcome. Do remember that this platform supports Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation, our nonprofit, where we seek and teach our youth and young, young adult communities with real estate literacy, terms and concepts, and more importantly, alternate pathways to success. Do know that 80% of our students are not going to college. So what are we doing about that? We're empowering them to show them that in this industry that is connected globally and a $1.3 trillion industry impacts and is integral to every aspect of our lives and that's what we want to empower them to show how they're needed their gifts are needed they're connected and there's a way for them to make a living not just to survive but also thrive Mar mariette thank you so much and uh i will see you in 2019 because you i will. know we're going to be doing so much more together awesome thank you thank you guys thank you guys